Franco fans. It is I, your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions, Sacramento, California-based filmmaking uh, production company. And I'm getting ready to start production on uh, some new projects for 2021. Uh, I've been studying uh, Jess Franco's style of shooting and going to start doing some, uh, do like a host film and a guest film when I start shooting. So, yeah, that should be fun. So, uh, start being on the lookout for that. I'll be putting out some new information on that. Uh, still deciding if I want to do another podcast and deal with that or not, if I got the time. So, I don't know. It's still rattling around. But uh, today, I come from you, come from you, I come to you today. Uh, for episode 31, film 31, She Killed in Ecstasy. Uh, this is a really good film, a film I really enjoy. Uh, it always has mixed reviews on it. Um, for me, it was a film that I watched numerous times. It was one of the films that really hooked me into being a Jess Franco uh, fanatic more than a fan and really became started my obsession in collecting and uh, starting to build the Franco catalog, and which I have a pretty, pretty complete catalog. I'm still missing about I don't know five or ten titles, but it's more like a lot of the X-rated stuff and a lot of the later stuff that I don't know. I'm not really too hip on, but I'll fill in those gaps someday. But for this, uh, this is she killed an ecstasy, film thirty-one. Uh, it's a West Germany production. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Make sure all these are running good. Good. Original theatrical title is Sie Toten und Ecstasy. She Killed in Ecstasy. Alternative titles Lubresque dans le Extra. French title Lewd in Ecstasy. Uh, in Belgium, it's uh, Crimes in Ecstasy. Crimes dans les Extras. Uh, Belgian Dutch language poster is also Crimes in Ecstasy. Mistad un Extas, uh, Portuguese DVD cover, She Killed Next to See, El Matu in Este. Uh, the Spanish shooting title on this is Mrs. Hyde, which I like. That's kind of a cool deal because Dr. Jekyll is her husband and she is Miss Hyde. Um, that's funny, I actually kind of wrote a story or a um, concept idea kind of based on that. So, uh, yeah, and also too, <coughs> I wrote a, a updated kind of a remake of this myself uh, about five films back and I might I might do that film in time as well uh, let's see so Miss Hyde is the Spanish shooting title um, Revenge of a Woman the West German shooting title Die Reich Einer Frau uh, alternative shooting title Dr. Jekyll and Miss Hyde uh, Elle Tournante das Le Extra French priest release title She Killed in Ecstasy and Dr. Heckel Dr. Hockel and Miss Hyde Spanish title offered for distribution production companies Telecine Film und Furnace Production Germany 1970 Telecine German Prints uh, let's see further going into the Murderous Passions Delirious Cinema of Jesus Franco Volume 1 by Stephen Thrower where we get all the dates and all the details uh, and all of his great work that is well worth the purchase Available at all fine bookstores. Uh, theatrical distributor Cinerama um, out of Munich. Um, okay, timeline. They shot this basically from April 27th to June 4th of 1970. Uh, so just about uh, a month and change. 
Um, let's see. It came out. Uh, I got a certificate June. So let's see. They finished wrapped on June fourth of seventy. Okay, then it got classified Germany June sixteenth of nineteen seventy one. Actually, a year later. Uh, the premiere of it was December tenth, seventy one, which of course sold out. It already passed away by then. Um, what else do we have? French visa on it was issued May seventy four, and it played France October sixteenth, nineteen seventy four. Theatrical running time: West Germany seventy seven minutes, and France eighty one minutes. Uh, it's the other versions of that. Let's see. What do we have here? Okay. Production notes. Uh, she Killed Ecstasy was shot simultaneously with Vampiros Lesbos between April 27th to June 4th of 1970. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, so they shot these two at the same time. Um, that's what I was talking about earlier with uh, the host film and the guest film. So, probably uh, Vampiros Lesbos was the host film and this was the guest film. Um. Stephen Thrower has uh, the return to the plot of the diabolical Dr. Z has much to recommend but suffers from two significant flaws and grievous score in Franco's extreme circumstances when it comes to violence. Saving Grace is sold out Miranda, whose electric performance transforms a minor work into something extraordinary. Stephen Thrower writes, after Dr. Johnson commits suicide, um, the film settles down to its true theme, the revenge of a beautiful femme fatale. It's at this point that all reservations can be swept aside as we concentrate on the astounding Soldad Miranda. She does more than compensate for the film's flaws. She renders them irrelevant. It's such a driven, passionate performance that you really can't take your eyes off her. Just look at her silently observing the four doctors of the medical assembly as they brutally reject her husband's work. She's like a gorgon, her dark brown eyes turning to shiny black marbles of hostility. She's even more electrifying when posing as a prostitute giving sadomasochistic service to the first victim of her vengeance, the odorous Dr. Walker. Playing along with Walker's pushy button bottom demands, we see her eyes in a fury that's feral, intense, and utterly convincing. It's uh, typical of the sly, morally ambivalent Franco that the victims are portrayed as a bunch of pompous, hot-headed gas bags who drive Johnson to suicide as much though their hectoring aggression as their rejection of his methodology. We really can't sympathize with Johnson's morally lax experiments, nor his withdrawal from his wife into his own private misery, but neither can we side with the obnoxious medical experts who hound him to his grave. The only sympathetic character in the film is Johnson's wife, who murders again and again. One has to say, though, that her choice of weapons can be a little bizarre. Her second victim, Dr. Crawford, played by Ewa Stromberg, as a naive but predatory lesbian, is the recipient of the flat-out silliest murder ever committed to Silly Lloyd, smothered to death with a transparent plastic cushion. <clears throat> Mind you, I must confess, I like the way it allows us to see the grotesquely distorted expression of the victim as she expires. So let's just file it under the interesting failures and move on. Yeah, same here. I, I like how it is visually, but yeah, the the um, um, the believability and the actuality of it is very um, much of a stretch. In many of Franco's films, the interior life of his characters is opaque, impossible to read, or simply absent. There seems to be no outright disdain for psychology or soul in his work, reminiscent of the vorstrous painter 
Wyndham Lewis, whose obsession with surface, color, and formal dynamics rejected the romantic fixation with spirit and essence. At one point, Dr. Crawford and Miss Johnson discussed the painting strewn around the latter's living room. Examining one, Crawford says, I like it, but somehow it depresses me. The shapes are so hard. Soldat's reply could stand for many of Franco's abstract achievements in cinema. It's just a composition, a play of colors, nothing else. But I love it. Putting aside the fact that canvases are pretty terrible, She Killed in Ecstasy is an extremely intriguing example of Franco's emphasis on exterior exteriority being subverted by an extraordinary performance. Take the scenes in which Miss Johnson has sex with the people who she blames for her husband's suicide. Were it not for the eyes of Soul Dog Miranda, we know nothing of her feelings about the villainess she performed in the name of vengeance. This is a film conceived and shot in great haste. A featured cast of just six major players is padded out with secondary characters so minor you can barely catch their faces. It's as though the cameraman has been given uh, 30 seconds advance notice of what's to be filmed and he left to fend for himself in a single take as characters come and go. The jerbing dubbing was evidently done in haste too. Horse Tapper's police inspector, another unnamed character, claims that Houston is the only one of the medical council still alive when he's just been told that Houston's corpse had been found. With police protection like this, no wonder the real survivor, Donnan, is so nervous. She killed the Nexus is enjoyably bizarre, but it would have been benefited enormously from another ten minutes of character development, a bit more attention to detail. Uh, slender narratives can cross the line into malnourishment, but this is... And this is one such instance. Even the killing of Donnan's perfectly innocent wife is padded over without explanation or comment. The surety this is the point at which the murderess can ceases to deserve our sympathy. The story comes to an end with dismaying abruptness. Miss Johnson steers her car into the sea, her dead husband strapped in her side. The scene may be crude, and it has terrible, tragic resonance, prefiguring as it does the fate that would soon benefit the film's intensely talented young star. Yeah, and speaking of cast, let me go over that real fast, too, because I skipped that. Cast on this is uh, Soldat Miranda as Susanna Corda, Miss Johnson. Fred Williams as Dr. Johnson. Paul Mueller as Dr. Franklin Houston. Uh, Howard Vernon as Professor Johnson, Jonathan Walker. Hugh Stromberg, uh, Dr. Walker, that's cool. Dr. Uh, Stromberg as Dr. Crawford. Horst Tappert as the police inspector. Uncredited uh, Jess Franken, Franco. Jess Franken. Jess Franco plays Dr. Donnan. Carl Heinz Munchkin plays the medical council member wearing the glasses. On this, of course, uh, Jess Franco's director, Jess Franco's screenplay, director of photography, Manuel Marino, editor, Clarissa Ambach, music, Manfred Hubler, Siegfried Schwab, additional music, Bruno Nicolai. Producer on this, Carl Heinz Munchkin. Uh, let's see, assistant director, Anna Maria Setmo de Estevia. Uncredited producer Arthur Bronner, color Eastman color. Uh, let's see, what am I skipping here? Uh, DVD Blu-ray release. Yeah, I watched. Uh, we watched the um, Severin Blu-ray release of that, the two-disc set with uh, some of the music and uh, a bunch of extras and some cool like lobby cards and stuff like that. Always in the United States, I recommend getting the Severin uh, Blu-ray on that. All right, we did the credit actors, we did the producers, we did dates of filming, we did the release dates, we did different titles, we did the releases, um, notes. All right, so let me think, anything else on here? Franco on screen. 
as Don and Franco plays the only victim to be tortured, which gives him a chance to enact a lurid S&M fantasy with himself as a quivering masochist and Soldat Miranda as a snarling sadist. Oh, the joys of being your own casting director. Uh, casting crew, the ever-dependable Howard Vernon makes Walker an authoritative widmag, leaning in a bar, critiquing volatile youth for embracing chaos and immortality and going on the prowl for sex with younger women. Just to ensure we re- we regard him with contempt, Vernon came up with the idea of having Walker prey on his knees at his bedside before having sex with Soldad, who is posed as a hooker, leaving us in no doubt that the hypocritical fool deserves all he gets. Uh, locations. Here we encounter for the first time one of Franco's most beloved locations, La Manzanera, a modernist housing complex overlooking the bayside town of Calpe and the neighboring Pinon de Ichaf Cliffs. It's composed of several extraordinary architectural constructions by the avant-garde architect Ricardo Bofill. Born in Barcelona, Bofill studied at the School of Architecture in Geneva and in 1963 founded a group of architects, engineers, sociologists, and philosophers under the name the Architecture Woodshop Workshop. Uh, let's see, the complex is dominated by a building named Xanadu, um, a perverse and mysterious assemblage of jetting cubes, hanging perspectives, and pseudo-crenellations. Um, the result is a form that seems to perch impossibly upon each other, salting the eye with their regularity, yet possessing an internal harmony which holds together which could have been fragmented and preposterous. Xanadu would go on to feature prominently in Franco's Countess Perverse, 1973, Eugenie, uh, History of Her Interperversion, 1980, and uh, was it? Sola Ante et Terror, 1983. The restaurant, with its enormous glass portal windows, where Miranda stalks Paul Mueller, is also part of the Manzanera Complex, the hotel from which Franco's Dr. Donnan beats a hasty retreat after hearing about his colleague's death is the Vinta La Chata Hotel, about five kilometers out of Calpe, on the road to Benissa. Obsession reports that part of the film was shot in Portugal. Uh, connections. She Killed in Ecstasy is a minimalist re- retelling of Franco's The Diabolical Dr. Z with a woman committing a string of murders to avenge a loved one who dies after being drummed out of the medical profession. That's a basic frame right there. However, this time there's um, no proxy killer. Miss Johnson does the deed herself. The The family dynamic is different, too. A wife avenging her husband rather than a daughter avenging her father. Solda Branda is seen reading A Small Town in Germany by Jean Le Carré. When Miss Johnson kills Dr. Crawford, she pins... A note to the corpse which reads, You are the second pig. This, combined with Vernon's diatribe against reckless and violent youth, suggests the death of Sharon Tate, who died the year before, was fresh in Franco's mind while scripting the piece. Other versions. At 74 minutes, she killed an ecstasy feels too short, possibly due to the haste of production, but also because scenes were dropped after shooting. For instance, Horse Tappert's unnamed police officer refers to her previous meeting with Miranda, who we've seen nothing of the kind. It's either a missing scene or was scripted and never shot. Some sources refer to a hardcore version released in France, with sex scenes added by French adult filmmaker Eric de Winter, featuring 
Marie Noël Leveux and Marion Schultz. In fact, the visa number and credit sequence of She Killed in Ecstasy were used illicitly by French distributor Inter Ecran for a porno film titled Sylvia Dans la Extrace, dated February 1974. It's an entirely different different film, not by Franco, and apparently features among its delights a dog-mounting French porn actress Sylvia Bourdon. The whole thing is interspersed with sequences from Alphonse Berry's sex film Les Trangolis, 1978. Uh, official French sources perpetrate the confusion with release dates and running times relating to the wrong film. Problematic. Uh, several sources list Mexican actor Germain Robles, support, well, that's cool, he was the one that played Dracula a lot and stuff, uh, supposedly appearing uncredited as a policeman. This seems unlikely as Robles was a properly built actor appearing exclusively in Mexican movies at the time. Some sources also list Benny Cardosa as Donan's dead wife. However, this is not the case. So yeah, um, I really like it. Uh, it's a good sold-out Miranda film. She's definitely electric in this film, and uh, it's one of the uh, temple church of sold-out films that worship her. So yeah, it's definitely a really good film. I <clears throat> I definitely like it. It's a quick pace. It's it's a good revenge film. Like The Bride Wore Black or things like that. And also Diabolical Dr. Z. Uh, of course, our mission statement is praise in memory of Jess Franco, bringing the name and films of Jess Franco to new eyes and ears, which we hopefully do that. And I know we do that hopefully every week and every month. Um, numbers are doing good. Um, as I record this, uh, I could tell you each month our numbers rise. Uh, this last month, um, the... Uh, month um of april coming up uh, actually uh, just finished march uh march we had our highest numbers so thank you very much for that and uh as april comes in hopefully uh april will top it and may will top that and june will top that but yeah each month numbers come up uh usually about 10 or 15 20 above usually 30 40 50 this time about 40 so far plus so let's keep it going we, each month we break records that's what we like to do uh, please download the film. Uh, download the podcast. If you download the podcast, then when you wake up on every Wednesday morning, it's there waiting for you. So yeah, uh, subscribe to it, I should say, when you subscribe. Subscribe and download. That helps us a lot. When you subscribe, it's all there in your box waiting for you. You hear my sexy voice. Uh, please download and uh, subscribe, rate and share if you have that option. We're on a lot of different listening platforms. Tell any friends you know, any people that like cult films, uh 70s films, 80s films, you know, low-budget cinema, cool stuff, uh, cult movie podcasts. They can learn about Franco. We're doing all of his films. And uh, with this, you know, being episode 31, we've already done that. So you have at least 31 hours or more of listening pleasure, soon to be more. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, yeah, that's about it. Probably wrapping it up on this one, episode 31. I'm going to uh, kind of backed up here. I got about... Uh, six or seven voiceovers I got to do for much episodes did a bunch of reviews and now I got to go back and do all these voiceovers all the opening portions so this was the first one and many more to come so episode 32 is coming up and uh but yeah back on this one episode 31 we got uh I think we got trailers for everything so we'll have a trailer for this one and uh we'll have the trailer and then the review with Eric Whitwell and myself um Let's see. Oh, yeah, you can find us on Facebook. we got the Facebook page, uh, Franco Observer Podcast. Add us there. 
Uh, we're on on um, Instagram. You can find us there, and you can do the um, Instagram page, Frank Observer Podcast. And if you want to write us any emails, questions you have, comments about the show, whatever, we can get a few of those. Uh, you can please do that at FrancoObserver at yahoo.com. And uh, yeah, correspond. It's always fun, like the old school days. And uh, write you back, talk to you, all that fun stuff. I do appreciate it. Appreciate everybody for listening. And uh, let's keep it going. Tell a friend. And uh, keep listening because we got the cool trailer and the cool review with Mr. Eric Whitwell and myself talking about She Killed in Ecstasy. Enjoy. Jason Rudy from Desperate Vicious Productions. 
And I am joined once again by the laughing hyena you hear in the uh, background, Mr. Eric Whitwell. Oh, hey. Hey, Mr. Uh, Mr. X, Jason Ecstasy. Jason Ecstasy. <laughs> killing him softly in ecstasy. But yeah, so uh, this movie is like, uh, <clears throat> before I come out and say anything right off the bat, this is probably like like top five, top three favorite Franco movies. This is the movie that made me like uh, really jump into the Franco universe like hardcore and really like start following his stuff and become obsessed with him is this film. So I obviously have a very high regards with it. I'm coming in prejudice for it. But uh, this would be fun now to knock this out. Um, this is a really brief synopsis and uh, we'll knock that out and we're going to talk a lot about this film. So Dr. Johnson is excited about the benefits of humanity of his experiments with human embryos until a medical committee of three men and one woman, Professor Walker, Dr. Crawford, Dr. Houston, and Dr. Donan, rejects his work outright and orders him to discontinue before drumming him out of the profession. Unable to cope with the rejection, Johnson loses his mind. Slashing his wrists, he takes his own life. His wife, desolate and consumed with fury at her husband's tormentors, seduces and kills the four doctors who drove her beloved to suicide, while the local police inspector conspicuously fails to solve the case. So, uh, this was Eric's first time watching it, and Eric, what did you think of She Killed in Ecstasy? That was super good. Like, that was really, really, really good. Really good. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, it's definitely up there. One of the best I've seen so far. Definitely it, one of the best I've seen so far. Yeah, it's a good genre. It's a revenge flick with uh, of, of a woman killing people. And if you follow any of my movies, that's usually the <laughs> central character is a crazed woman killing people. And so this is something that was right up my alley. And like I said, made me a huge Franco fan. Um, right off the bat, Sold Out Miranda kicks ass in this movie. Oh, yeah. She's very... Has really healthy hair, as Eric likes to say. <laughs> it's so shiny. So shiny and clean as Suzanne Corda. Uh, cast in this, Soldat Miranda as Susanna Corda. Uh, she plays Miss Johnson. Fred Williams as Dr. Johnson. Uh, a little stiff in his role. No, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, Paul Mueller returns as Dr. Franklin Houston. And I was telling Eric, it's funny, after watching this after Eugenie, it's cool to see those two together again, Paul Mueller and Soldat Miranda. Uh, then you have Howard Vernon, uh, the mighty Howard Vernon, coming in as Professor Jonathan Walker. Uh, U.S. Stromberg returning from um, female vampire from uh, Vampiros Lesbos as Dr. Crawford. And Horst Toppert, the great actor of German cinema, as the police inspector. And uncredited, uh, Mr. Jess Franco in as Dr. Donnan. And Carl Heinz Manschen as the medical council member wearing the glasses. That's cool. He's the uh, executive producer of the film. So he was the guy that was talking at the end with the kind of the suit with the woman dead. Oh, okay. And he was talking with the, the with a really tan lady. Yeah, yeah. There's a lady in this movie that's so fucking tan. I was saying she looks like butterscotch when it's, she was like yeah. sitting there. She makes an appearance at the end too. She's uncredited. Um uh let's see. Credit director, of course, Jess Franco, screenplay Jess Franco, director of photography, Manuel Marino. Um Music on this is cool. They have Manfred Hubler, Siegfried Schraub. And then additional music by Bruno Nicolai. He has just a couple tracks. Um, his his really stand out. Uh, executive producer is Carl Heinz Machkin, like I said. Uh, production manager, Rudolf Herzog Jr. And um, credit producer is Arthur Brauner. Uh, he had done Vampiros Lesbos and um, Eugenie as well. So, um, 
Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. Let's see. He, he says, uh, this this return to the plot of the diabolical Dr. Z has much to recommend it, but suffers from two significant flaws. Tonally incongruous score and Franco's extreme circumspection when it comes to violence. The saving grace and how is Soldat Miranda, whose electric performance transforms a minor work into something extraordinary. Um, she killed XC's odd film with Trendy for the 70s interior design and brightly covered photography, telling an essentially morbid tale of a woman so traumatized by pity for her dead husband that she keeps his corpse in the house and mounts a campaign of murder to avenge him. Necrophilia and romantic obsession have rarely been so studiously ignored by the style of a film in which they reside. As with Vampiros Lesbos, the soundtrack is provided by Manfred Hubler and Siegfried Schwab, and although in the earlier film, the pop rock psychedelica often worked quite well, here it's out of place from the start as groovy music blares away over shots of pickled babies in lab jars. <laughs> it's rather like trying to watch a dark, morbid horror film in one room while your full flatmates pop up the surround sound watching Austin Powers in the next. The anti-heroine a vampiros lesbos was a nightclub performer which at least provided context for the music here in a story about the bourgeois wife of a successful surgeon who avenges his suicide by killing those who drummed him out of the profession there's no such connection and using such a similar score to vampiros lesbos the film comes across like a jealous sibling dressing up in its rival clothes uh blah, 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 huh yeah he actually kind of slams it but i don't know i that, I, I fucking dig it i dug see okay i had even written that down in my notes yeah that, so let's start that because that's the very beginning of the film yeah like i had even written down in my notes like i love the contrast of the music to what yeah. your the visuals like you're looking at yeah pickled fetuses and jars and yeah you got this upbeat music just playing like over I, the I, credits of the very very first scene yeah i, I dug the contrast in it honestly like i it, it kind of cracked me up, but I actually really dug the contrast in that. Yeah, yeah, no, same here. It, it sets off a. I mean, it does it, it does date it with the music of of that time frame, you know, like that the sitar sound and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, so actually, before we jump into that, since that's the credits, let's yeah. go back and, and hit the list real quick. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, starts off with the bottom uh, body of water, like totally, totally body Absolutely. water. Uh, no sailboats, but boats. There's boats with there's there's uh, I didn't really see any sails, but I did see no. boats, uh, rowboats, motorboats, but no sailboats. Uh, palm trees, yeah, I think. So. I'm not I don't sure. remember. Well, on those beach, on I guess those beach, they didn't really have trees. It was like those we had that far away shot. You kept seeing the, the the lines of beach with the uh, hotels and shit. But yeah, I don't know. The style of the trees. area would lead me to believe that there were palm trees there, right, but, like, but maybe I can't the shot, remember them yeah. stand, standing out. So that I'll say is a, a soft no, but no, it yeah. could be. Uh, of course, no jungle sound effects. There were bird of sounds, but it wasn't the jungle. Yeah, nothing, nothing piped up like like usual. Um, chained up person, no, but yes. Eric brought up at the end. Uh, Just Frank was tied up. He's restrained in a chair, so it's yeah, that's maybe a a, a push, like you know, like in betting terms. Um, a dance scene on stage, stripping. No, no, I don't say that. No. There's stripping, but none of that. Club scenes, dancing, no. no. Uh, jazz music, yes. Um, number 10, excessive zooms. I don't know about excessive, but... A lot of close-ups. Yeah, a lot of close-ups, and there's, there's some cool zoom shots, but they weren't 
he, he actually is pretty restrained in this. Unfortunately, number 11 out of focus shots, yeah, yeah. we were laughing quite a bit. <laughs> a lot of sold-out shots where you could have seen her ass and it was like out of focus or something. Like, God damn it, you know. Yeah. It's like, why would you put her ass out of focus? That's such a ru- – oh, man, that's like a double crime. <laughs> it's like you have an out-of-focus shot in your film and it's of her ass. It's yeah. like, it's so fucking stupid. Well, even scenes that Jess Franco were in, he was out of focus. So it's almost like he taught yeah. his cameraman to like, okay, now when you have me on – this is do not touch this. Keep this on exactly. This. Yeah, yeah cut from him out of focus to uh, Paul Mueller in focus, and then back to f- him out of focus. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Uh, let's see. Um, number twelve mirror shots. Yes, there's actually some cool mirror shots, yeah. and I noticed a lot of there's uh, like back in the day they'd always have uh, mirrors kind of tilting forward, like a like a chicken wire, like a hanging wire on the back of a mirror to kind of hold it in place with like a nail and everything. A lot of people just kind of put mirrors flat now on 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 walls. If you go to like um, hotels and shit, they're just playing up against the wall, you know. But it's kind of cool that they tilt forward a little bit, and that gives a good angle, um, almost like kind of above a bed, you know. Like you go to a cool place and the mirrors <laughs> got it tilted above the bed, you can kind of look up at your angle, and see what's going on. <laughs> but uh, like like the what, what you have in your room, yeah, <laughs> with the two cameras and no. um and the red light. No, speaking of no. Uh, speaking of three, number thirteen, mind control theme. Um, well, she is obsessed. She thinks that her husband's still alive. I believe in those scenes, and uh, I, I believe she's she is in a crazed state. So she is. Un- well, the guy says at the very end, if the husband wasn't dead, she wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. So she was under the control of her dead husband and she was seducing them so she was using mind control to get them to come with her that's true that's true so, uh, that's, that's true. another form and of she mind was control manipulating them yeah yeah i've been manipulating myself uh, yeah well, who hasn't <laughs> she manipulated me just watching her yeah <laughs> and uh you'll be manipulated in jail later no. <laughs> um the first 14 and magic tongue scenes now okay now i was mentioning before Lena's got the magic tongue, but Soldad's got the magic lips. Yeah. yeah she has, like, just the sexiest fucking lips. She's you very know, sensual. Everything about her, she has, like, you know, I've with her, I've never seen sexy lips and sexy teeth. I've actually attracted to her lips. I've never been attracted to a woman's lips before. We are just like, God damn, her lips are so fucking attractive. <laughs> I've never thought that. And I was watching her, I'm just so attracted yeah. to her lips and her teeth. Her teeth are so fucking beautiful in her lips. It's just like... I don't know. It's just weird to be, be attracted to these lips and teeth. Yeah, it, well, it's weird. Yeah. Well, she's very sensual too with yeah, her lips. But just so Lena funny. just has that anteater tongue. Yeah, that it's just like <laughs> yeah. Lena's tongue has a whole other personality. Yeah, that's a, that's the difference. And, and of course, it has its own brain. You know, uh, number fifteen, red light. I don't I think so in this one. I don't see anything like that. Uh, and of course. I still say just for continuity, but you know, wrong wrong series of films. No sheepskin, but some cool like shag rugs, yeah. and no masturbation with no sea items. Um, number seventeen, mad scientist. Now this, I'm going to say yes because the doctor was turned down by the other doctors and scientists because they thought he was crazy or that he was mad. And actually, he was mad in the sense of going crazy and killing himself. So he was a mad scientist. Yeah, he was a mad scientist. Yeah, I mean, he was, yeah. he was, and he had dead fetuses in his. Yeah, he was experimenting on yeah. fetuses, and so yeah. therefore he was kind of. Yeah. They're saying, "Hey, that's you can't be doing that. That's not right. Ethical. It's against Christ and everything. Yeah. It's sacrilegious." Um, Eighteen. No fish tank shots. There was fetus tank shots, but no fish <laughs> tank shots. But yeah, that's that's uh, God. Those fucking 
babies and the that was weird. That that I'm curious who who like made that sculpture or if those were like real medical, like you no, know. No, those were. I think those were real. Yeah, I wonder. Those people, no, because you could see the skin, how wrinkled the skin was. Like, yeah. It was, that was, I mean, if that was, they made that. No, because Franco doesn't spend money like that on effects. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like, he doesn't spend money like that. I'm curious who had those in their collection or, like, what the story is. And I'll, I'll have to kind of research that and see if I can see anything. Let's see if we can buy some. Well, no, I'm just <laughs> curious the story behind that. Like, why the fuck is that? Who has that, you know? I, I would. Yeah, I'm sure. You'd probably <laughs> if I, have dinner with them and talk to them. And, no, I mean, but. Hi, would you like some spaghetti? I would dust them. I would dust them off. I would, I would have them on my bookshelf. Yeah, that just has DVDs in it. Would you like some sausage? Why would you like some sausage? People come over. People come over. Like, oh, it's that. Oh, that's my brother. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. didn't make it. We were we were twins. I'm sure. That, I'm sure they uh, that would be really nice in like a date situation. I'm sure you'd have really nice small talk. Well, you know, if you can get past that, yeah. she's yours. Yeah, <laughs> like she's she's into. Oh, wow, you. <laughs> what's the story behind this? Who is that? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Then you have someone you can watch movies with because she won't be offended by your movie choices. Yeah. But the water might stink after a while. Or well, you don't drink it. <laughs> well, I'm saying that they might change formaldehyde or some shit. <laughs> we don't drink it. But, I mean, you might like catch a whiff of that. And, anyway. um, so, number 19, Talking Parent. No Talking Parents in yeah. this one. Uh, 20 in credits, yes or no? No. No, I, don't, yeah, no, no, I just ended. Yeah, he says that thing and then just cuts to black, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, All right, so that's the list. Um so yeah, so we start off. We see the fetuses in the jar. Um, now this is well, I'm gonna say really fast. It's kind of funny. Uh, the nudity in this is very minimal. It's just basically Soldad and Eva um, uh, Stromberg and Soldad. Okay, so you have to wait five minutes and twenty seconds into a Jess Franco film to see a very slight nudity of a butt crack, a side butt crack of Soldad, which is pretty fucking amazing in the dark. But that's like the first nude you see. And then you really don't see uh, until like 18 minutes, 40 seconds, nude with the cape is where you finally see her yeah. nude in the beginning, you know. But that's like a long time for a That's a long movie. time. Yeah. It's just like 20 seconds, 30 seconds, yeah. a minute or something, you know. That's 20% of the film's already done. And like yeah. now here you go. It's almost like the story, I think, was so strong or that it was so different for him where it's the nudities is her is her weapon is what she uses that's true and, and that's how i write too with like love playing that you, you use the nudity for the trappings of of what you bring the people to you so she opens herself up to show what people want to see and she brings them in and then fucking kills them that's true um that makes sense but yeah so so uh and there's um so yeah so you see her with her husband and he's getting ready to go over uh the plans he has for the uh for his new um his new find and then he's going over and all the doctors reject him uh, Howard Vernon Jess Franco Paul Mueller you Stromberg and uh, they basically drum him out and he goes crazy and kills himself and um, yeah like, like he was saying Franco doesn't really splurge on the blood and the blood in this is kind of funny it's yeah. very you know stagey and gets wiped off pretty easy but uh, but yeah so he goes he commits suicide and it was funny because you know before that, he's like uh, all in bed and all like kind of frantic about things, and you know he has to be fucking off his mind if like he rejects Soldad Miranda, like seducing oh. him, touching yeah. him, rubbing him, you know, kissing on him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he just he's lays there and just like fucking you know, and Eric's like, "Is he dead?" I'm like, "No, he's not dead, but he should fucking be," you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so he 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 commits a suicide, uh, dies by suicide, and. Um, 
she basically goes nuts. And uh, a really cool scene I like right after that is you see a long shot of her in this in in a boat coming toward the camera wearing her purple cape where she looks like she's the ferry boatman on the River Styx or in Hades and getting the coins to go across the river. She's basically coming across the river to collect people to take back to hell. The kind yeah. of thing, you know. Almost like a almost like a high planes drifter kind of copy of that where you see Clint Eastwood coming in over the horizon toward the camera and he's kind of out of focus and in that movie you don't know if he's a ghost or if he's a real person as he kills the people and you realize that he was killed by these people and he comes back for revenge which this is very similar to that yeah this was first but uh yeah so you see her come back in the boat and she uh first um uh she kills howard vernon and um He's in a bar and he's like trying to pick up a woman. He's talking about young people being on drugs. Yeah, and how they get into the scene and stuff, and and he's kind of describing what how what he's going to do. And I don't know with him. He, I don't know. Howard Vernon's kind of like a playboy type of doctor in this, and he kind of reminded me of like a of offshoot of like Warren Beatty or something, or like that type of guy. Even though he wasn't supposed he, to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of sweaty though. He's kind of like a sweaty yeah. guy. Like it's and with those wide eyes, it's, he's, he has that kind of yeah. creepy like. I think he dyed his eyebrows in this one too, because you see his eyebrows in focus, and they're like blondish or something. Oh, really? Like yeah. Oh, shoot, like I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's like orange and blonde. You know, I love that scene though. By the way, I, that, I, I love that whole scene. Oh yeah, where she brings him up, and and then yeah, and then he thinks she's a prostitute, and he goes, "Oh, it's easier that way, or it's quicker that way." Or yeah, something he goes, like that, "Oh, you know? no, I don't mind that at all. It's easier yeah. that way." Yeah, yeah. So it's complicated. So, <laughs> and then they go up to the room, and. Uh, it's cool because there's a scene where the music starts playing and she he, he tells her get undressed so she gets undressed and he starts undressing and uh, Franco cuts back and forth between her undressing and him undressing with the same music where it's like alright here's a Howard Vernon undressing scene you know <laughs> and he's like taking his jacket off and folding it and then he walks to the mirror another mirror shot and he looks at himself in the mirror like he's like yeah you lucky son of a bitch you're suave and he's like taking off his shirt and shit while she's well you can naked. see his nipples yeah <laughs> and then he does this dainty little ankle cross where he crawls into bed where he doesn't show his penis to the camera oh, he's so careful with that too. Yeah, he's so careful yeah, he like with crosses that. his ankles and sits it looks so fucking funny so awkward it, dude yeah, like yeah. such an awkward way to get into bed it's like he's like a he's like trying to squat to go piss or something the way he's like sits in all fucking weird you know yeah well, what was kind of funny about that scene too is like uh how it starts off with him like um she starts kissing him like she starts kissing him like forcefully he's like God, right. stop that I don't like that yeah, yeah I hate yeah. that yeah that, that makes me nervous I don't like to be nervous yeah and he sits down on the bed he's like take off your clothes but then when he's all awkward and naked underneath the stiff ass sheet he's like laying there he's like degrade me degrade me like you gotta like I'm like, whoa! You were like so kind of in charge in the beginning, and now you want her to be in charge. Like it's kind of a, it was kind of a quick. Duck- and that's and that's the first scene where you see Soldat for like who, how she is. And uh, Jess Franco had talked about when they were filming Eugenie how when she kills Alice Arno's character, she was just a little too into it. And she has this kind of crazed look on her face, and she gets this wide fucking zone in her brain where she just dials back and just starts looking crazy and this when she when he says degrabe degrabe she kind of scowls her lips and fucking slaps him hard like twice across the face pretty pretty solid shot solid. She, yeah you can see it her fucking hand hitting right across his face and uh you can tell she she gets into it a little bit too much which i like she's like all right and she and she fucking tears him up you yeah know? she scratches him and shit and fucking slaps the shit out of him and then fucking stabs him and then she cuts his dick off <laughs> The coup de gras. Oh yeah. By the way, she cuts his dick off. Yeah. So. And yeah. So it's funny. So he like tries not to show it, but then it's like all cut off. 
Um, but yeah, that's what I like is that she's into it. But then also too, one of the side views is the out of focus blues. He had quite a few out of focus during a lot of these sequences oh, yeah. that I had made note of that. Um, do you have any notes uh, up until that first kill? Anything else you want to that that we left out or anything? Uh, nothing I could think of. Nothing I could think of. Yeah. Okay. So the second kill, she kills. Um, um, she actually has a her first one of her first uh, changing of her appearances. She wears this cool wig, and she uh, kills Hugh um, Stromberg's character, uh, Doctor Crawford, and um, she's like sitting in a sitting in like a coffee shop bar and she's reading a book and uh, she, she kind of talks to her and the doctor starts eyeing her thinking she might be the gal but before that actually I kind of jumped ahead the three doctors had met up and they kind of discuss hey man uh, this is what happened to um, Howard Vernon's character and Franco says yeah I saw her before she was dark haired vulgar much like a prostitute and uh, <laughs> so they find that out and uh, they kind of compare notes about what happened and stuff and then, so then, when the uh, woman sees her in the bar, she kind of checks her out, and she had, wears this like blonde, really cute wig. She looks fucking hot, and different outfits. So totally changes her appearance and everything. And so uh, the doctor picks her up, and they go up to her. Now, here's the part that always confuses me. <clears throat> she goes, "Yeah, I'm. I kind of got to watch this part again, or something again, again. I've seen it four, or at least five fucking times. And actually, by the way, I, uh, I wrote a film called Vision of Fury. That's uh, pretty much a remake of this, but." a lot of different changes too but this definitely was a core for it so yeah so in this scene she basically uh takes a gal up and uh goes up to this place and i don't know if it's supposed to be her house or the doctor's house or somebody else's place but it's an artist and it's a male artist because says your art looks very masculine and, and so i think it's a male artist but i don't know if that was her husband's vacation place or what it, it had to be in soledad's place because the girl asked the the doctor's like, "Oh, are you an artist?" Yeah, and like and it was like so she was checking out her art, obviously. But if she, and then she kills her there. Yeah. But if the husband was there in another room, dead when the they come to find the body, they would still find the husband or anything else. See, that's staying I don't there. Know, so I don't know who's. Place I don't know if she dumped the body or if she like. Because I, well, I mean, well, obviously it doesn't they show They find her that. body laying there in, in a room. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. I wish Franco would have shown scenes of. Soldad going to there's a few scenes I think he cut out of her taking bodies to places or dropping them off or or moving around because she moves in a very odd pace which we'll talk about later about how could she be in a certain place with a wig and everything on so anyway so but jumping ahead so she gets with this gal and uh, she seduces her of course traps her and then she gets her naked. They both get naked and crawl into bed. And uh, she suffocates her with a see-through plastic pillow. Okay. This is one thing, though, i got to say I love I love about watching this movie with you. Yeah. Like, we're watching these two beautiful women undressing each other. Right. And Jason's all, hey, look at the, the foreign, <laughs> look at the foreign yeah. outlet on the wall. I said, hey, <laughs> look at that plug-in. This is a really foreign movie because I remember when I went to England and stayed for a month, my friend had the same plug-in in his wall. As I'm saying this, Soldot's like pulling down this woman's fucking pants, like kissing her legs. And then I said to Eric, well, you know what? That shows I'm fucking civilized. And that's, I can appreciate that, but I'm not a barbarian where I'm just going to sit there and drool over it. Oh, I am. Yeah, you know, be in the mood. Look at everything. Like I talk about in the other thing, I'm like the guy playing the guitar. Yeah. Just add to it. Yeah. Just be of it. Don't, you know, and just, yeah. just look around and, you know. <laughs> Do your thing. So yeah, always be the guy with the guitar playing, adding to it, not jumping into it. 
but yeah, I I I, I totally get it. Um, it was funny because it was an inflatable pillow. Yeah, it was like, a see-through pillow, which the that's just visually cool. But yeah, oh yeah, visually the, it was awesome. But yeah. the actuality of the kill is pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, no, it was very. Very artistic, very cool to see, like through the double layers of the plastic. Like, you can yeah, see you her see face her face out. screaming in that. Yeah, so that was really cool. And I it did cuts like off it. the screen because of the plastic against the lips and everything, you know. Um, so yeah, so the second kill was her, um, and then uh, so then Paul Mueller, which is funny because it's like Eugenie's daddy, uh, and him get back together, and she brings him and seduces him. And I think is the most my favorite shot of Soldad, um, beauty wise, is the scenes of her in the church. I think she's so yeah. goddamn beautiful in that scene, uh, the veil and everything at the church, uh, pining for her dead husband, which she basically comes out and tells him, "Yeah, I was, I got married here, and and my husband's very sick." And and, and he says, "Perhaps I can help." She goes, "No, you you can't help him." I mean, she's yeah. basically telling the truth, yeah, hey, and, and she's. Lie. She's straight shooting with him, and he's not catching it. So, I, I like that scene too. How yeah. he started off when Paul Mueller walked out, like he was back, and you saw the arch, yeah, and then you see her in the distance with the ocean, the background, and then totally as he walks towards her, that's when Franco starts walking towards him. And yeah, it's almost like a, a small dolly shot. I was I was catching that too. He because Franco very rarely uses dollies; he uses use handheld. But in this, he had a dolly of just it moved forward, and it's very small dolly, maybe like three steps is all the dolly was you know but yeah that scene is a very italian or spanish type scene and i was watching that it actually looked like an italian movie to me that that sequence yeah. and there's a film i like called the bride wore black which came before this and that's a revenge film as well about a woman's husband's killed and she goes and finds the men who killed her or who made her husband commit suicide very similar to this yep. and uh yeah so and i love that genre so that's what drove me to this film so she gets with paul mueller uh, the church and then but before that she takes off and Paul Miller gets back with Franco again they're having dinner he's like yeah I've seen this woman and blah 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 and she keeps like haunting him and she keeps following him and following him and uh, he goes to the hotel and she and he sees her reflection and it's a cool shot of her where she's you see her first in the mirror and then before you even see her physically and then you see him sitting there and he's and you had remarked it He's looking toward her, so he's looking toward the audience. And but in the, even though she's up in the mirror, almost like she's up on a picture on the wall or something. Yeah, you know? that's a really cool shot. And if another mirror shot. She's seen in mirrors a lot in this film. Um, yeah, and then she follows him out, and she keeps stalking him. And he goes into this like nautical type bar place, and she keeps asking for a light, and he's scared, lights a cigarette, and she looks so. Yeah, like you were saying, she's very in charge in this. Oh, she's very in charge, and it was kind of cool too. Is uh, there was another reflection shot um, when he walks into the because she's kind of like basically following him, and he runs yeah. into there, and there's a reflection off the. There's like these round windows on the outside, right? Right. And she's like walking up, and you just see her reflection in the. Window. Oh yeah, yeah, with the waves crashing and yeah, shit. Yeah, you see was, the waves too. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool reflection shot also. Yeah, there's a lot of cool force of nature things with her on the waves of the beach, and you see the waves crashing and the, and the sound of her, and she's like this fury. And that's, the thing about this is she is this force of nature, and Soul Bomb Ronda is, is this fucking movie. And I have all the, you know, Vampires Lesbos and that, she's most famous for it, but to me this is her performance where she's just the best, the most animalistic. I mean, Eugenie's fantastic as well, but it just this is to me... Oh yeah, her fucking thing, you know. She's so small, but like, oh yeah, so, so little and thin and petite, beautiful, everything small. But she's just like a, a wild beast that's five times her size, you know. 
She's Maybe like, that's why she, her bush is so big. Yeah. <laughs> Eric loves the size of her bush. <laughs> to me, it's a total non-like thing. I, I don't really don't. It doesn't well, I don't honestly, care either, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's just the, the proportions of how small she is and how big that is. It's just yeah. the proportions are just... Oh, to me, it makes your eyes go quicker too because it's oh, yeah. like all right, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and she has really bad razor uh, stubble on her armpits in this too, which is kind of sad to see. But uh, so yeah, so then you had uh, oh, okay, so then she gets to Paul Mueller finally, and then she okay, so here's the scene. So basically, Paul Mueller's trying to get away from her, and he like takes off and goes, and she chases him up this uh, apartment kind of staircases up, and it's a really cool shot from outside yeah. that you can see him all the levels. They go up like six or seven levels, and he goes into this room. It's dark, and just after she was there, and then she's naked on the bed. Wearing a fucking g-string garters, stockings, another a whole another blonde wig, so that'd be her second wig. Uh, same cape, of course, and a knife and everything. So how in the fuck has she changed all that and been like five steps behind him and been changed and in that room ready and on that bed ahead of him and all that stuff? Oh yeah, she was a full flight of stairs behind him. Yeah, he runs like, right into like the door, shuts the door thing at, at least, you know, and then. There's like it's just black, and then he turns on the light, and boom, she's already in the other room. Yeah, fully like just ready. See, that's the continuity or the thing where it's like, is she a ghost or? Because in in reality, that's fucking impossible. Yeah, I mean, you know, so that's why you got to kind of wonder if I think sometimes Franco just doesn't care. Like, yeah, he's like, he just, I don't, I don't yeah. care about her disposal yeah, of the body. Yeah, exactly. People are gonna like, say, I don't care about that. Who cares if she's just she, she's just gonna be there? That's probably probably that's is the truth. I would say. Yeah. So then finally he gives in to her and, and uh How could you not? Yeah, okay now like, how could you not? Now here's where I'm becoming more of a Paul Mueller fan. After watching <laughs> Eugene in this, Paul Mueller is is one of my heroes because like he gets the chance to kiss Soldat and be in bed with her in a scene and he does not miss the opportunity at all. No. He kisses her every inch of her skin and he's fucking just goes to town on her. Those and, beautiful yeah. colored nipples. Yeah. With his bad fucking <laughs> gray mustache on her and but but I, 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 I dig him for fucking not I mean they were cool and stuff and he and he's a gentleman but he was just he didn't miss He's a really good actor. Yeah. He, he really looked like he was enjoying that. Like, he was yeah, a really good sure. actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really good. He was real, really just into his role, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. Just put yourself into the part. Yeah. But uh, no, but so so it's really cool. So it was like Eugenie part two. And so they're getting down. And then uh, the really cool scene where she takes these fucking big, heavy, nice, beautiful fucking killer scissors and brings them up and brings them right down across the back of his head and neck. And to me, I said, that's like his money shot. That's where he comes because he's fucking into her, into her. And then you see the blood pouring out of his mouth, like just ejaculated all over her body. And you see the blood run down her fucking side. Yeah. And uh, it's a really good shot. Yeah. Probably one of my favorites in the film. Um, but yeah, so you see that come out of him. And then and then she kills him and uh, goes back and tells her husband and talks to him and says, hey, you know, uh, they're they're all dead and and." and that's that's the end of it, and, and and she has a conversation with him and kisses him, and it's so funny because like I could have swore that I don't know maybe it's just a script I wrote, but I could have swore that she like climbed on top of him and rode him and stuff, but that scene was not in the movie, so I don't know maybe it was some I just imagined or something <laughs> that I wrote, but yeah I was just like wait man I thought this was coming up and then I watched it and it just didn't happen so yeah. damn yeah so I don't know 
Um, so then finally she goes and she gets the last person on the hit list, like Kill Bill style, and that's Mr. Jess Franco. And uh, there's a scene where he comes in and he finds his wife dead, a character we never see in the whole film except for her laying dead on the floor. And she looks like uh, sold out. Eric thought that was sold out for a second. Yeah, it did know? at first. So she was sold out having all her disguises. I could totally see that with yeah. her different wigs and her different styles and, and how she looks in all of her different different appearances. Because she has, does have a cool outfits in this and her fucking mighty pink or her mighty purple shawl cape. Um, well, I wasn't sure too because I was thinking like the uh, the revenge movies, how like they always try to throw the blame onto oh, the yeah. other person. Now, I thought maybe she had killed herself at his house, so he would end up getting the blame for that's everything. true. I didn't think about like, that that's, angle. that's a plot point See, that he does in some movies. I thought, or the person could fake like they're dead and then get up and then come after the person. You true, know? true. They do that deal bullshit too, like scream or some shit. But I'm sure they've done a thousand <laughs> movies before that. But um, but yeah, so then uh, she he. Uh, Franco overacts like a fucking son of a bitch in this and he's like oh why'd she die my wife and now he has this weird like huff puff and then he like fucking faints or whatever and then and then okay so then we wake up and he's tied to a chair and I would assume that if she he passes out that he wake up it was a room in his house but it's the room that she seduced the woman with because it was the same walls and the floor a different bed so that's why I was confused I don't know it's like I think he just shot in that room and didn't really care about continuity I think yeah because he just used it as a room well Franco also like um, in his as his character like he was staying in a hotel I believe because he was with that right. in a hotel so yeah right he had to go home so it almost felt like he flew home like it was like I don't even oh yeah he was yeah you're right you're right city yeah yeah no that's that's totally you're you're correct on that I didn't think about that yeah because he said, yeah, because he's staying with Howard Vernon. And he says, oh, I'm staying at the Hotel Amy's. And he yeah. says, oh, that's a real nice place, she says, you know. And they're having dinner in that little restaurant, like in the in the hotel and everything. Yeah, so, so. she would have had to take his body back to yeah, so, her house. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. He's, I don't, I don't think he just cared. I don't think he was like, I'm I making he art. Shot like, this is my think, movie. Yeah, I didn't think people would sit yeah. there and compare rooms and, you know. I think he preferred the aesthetics of the room over the continuity right, of, of uh, think whose rooms that's supposed exactly, to be. Exactly, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The way I, it I looks so. more, you know. That's I think that's a good call. Sometimes, like Kubrick said, a fucking doorknob is just a doorknob. There's no symbolism to it. It's just a doorknob, and don't yeah. fucking read into it too much. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, so then she basically uh, fucking ties him to the chair and, and shirts a button. Takes a shirt a button. He has no fucking hair visible on his chest. <laughs> and Eric said, "Oh, that's Franco in, uh, in a real life or something." Yeah, I was like, "This is probably like how he is outside of work." Yeah, like you know, it's him and Lena and whatever, whoever he's with. You know, yeah, you know, he's tied up that, at times, yeah. and you know, Franco's into that shit. So yeah, he probably really loved that scene. He, yeah, there's always bondage in his film. Yeah, tied up. so in this, yeah, he's tied up and he has Lena. I mean, excuse me, Lena. He has a sold out rubbing him and, and his big tortures her rubbing her breasts across him, <laughs> across his open chest and they want that kissing yeah. his nipples yeah like. and then of course she cuts him and then we see the blood run off fucking like a water based blood it like, squirted yeah. off the knife like yeah. it literally squirted off the knife yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so then she ends up killing him and uh meanwhile um the police is dogging her and, and the police knows that um the husband's dead, and when uh, Paul Mueller earlier went to talk to the cops to try to get help, he's like, well, no, he, the, Dr. Johnson's dead. It's, you know, worry about, how can I worry about dead men? You know, I only deal with the living. So in the end, uh, when, after she kills Franco, she takes the her husband's dead body in the car with her, and they 
She says, now I will join you in eternity. And she drives a car off the cliff and killing herself and her husband's already there. And the police come and find the body and they find the two bodies there. And the police inspector says that, uh, Dr. Johnson was dead and that he believes he was still responsible for the murders because the wife wouldn't have committed them unless he was of his condition. So yeah. he still blamed him on the doctor. And it's kind of sad watching this movie, how she drives off the cliff and kills herself in a car wreck because she died in a car wreck. Yeah. And this movie came out after she passed away. So it's crazy. Know, it's crazy her. to think about. Yeah. And you watch that in a movie theater and you see like that, like, oh, shit, you know. But I like the way she killed Franco, though, too. It's like she tied him up. She cut him a few times. And yeah. then she started stabbing his junk. Oh, yeah. That's like, right. It, it yeah. just kind of like you yeah, just see she, him go. Ah! Yeah. She takes the <laughs> knife. And yeah, she didn't think about cutting off dicks. And she kept saying that, like, OK, I, I didn't think about that. So we just said that just now. So she basically cut off their dicks because the, her husband couldn't get um, erect. That's right, because she was trying to seduce yeah, him. He was I, so I, I, I occupied. That. That's why she did that. So it must be. Yeah, and that was she couldn't revenge. get dicks. So she's yeah, and she said it's your fault. So that's why she cut off. <laughs> I didn't even think about that till just now. We're talking about it. that's so funny. I, I watched this movie so many times. I didn't even put that together. So yeah, that's why she. I'm sure people haven't probably put it together either. So that's a cool thing you learn by listening to the show so yeah so she cuts off their dicks because her husband couldn't get a rod so yeah so ladies and gentlemen out there be careful so yeah far um and uh, two like one thing when i first watched this film uh, a couple years ago that spoke to me is there's uh <clears throat> two sequences in this film that remind me of a film i did uh called mondo sacramento part two uh there's this um one of the stories i did is on karen greenley she was a Mortician in Sacramento, California, that was caught having sex with uh, the dead bodies of the establishment of the of the um, mortuaries that she worked at. In that, and um, my friend, coworker, and co-host Eric uh, was one of the um, played one of the dead bodies yeah. that Karen Greenlee rode. And there's a scene in here where she's like with her dead husband, and it kind of reminded me of that sequence. And uh, so Eric, Eric liked that scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. brought back some fond memories of Very fun. him and Marilyn playing that scene out. And the second sequence is uh, when um, uh, Soldad is in the wig and she's uh, killing um, um, Paul Miller. And yeah. she's uh, naked on him, like with topless, and she's stabbing him. And that reminded me of a scene of uh, Mondo Sacramento 1 with the Batgirl. Uh, there's a sequence I did where. Um, Scout Megan killed uh, a friend of mine, Bob Heron, in the role and stabbed him on the bed numerous times uh, with a knife and killed him. And that reminded me of, of that sequence, especially even some of the angles he shot it at. Yeah. And that reminded me of, of one of my films. So when I first saw this, I was like, holy shit, remind me of my stuff. Okay, cool. You know, so that really got me. One of the reasons got me into really liking Franco. But uh, yeah, so this, this film is really mighty. Um, a lot of huge imagery in this film that you see all over t-shirts and posters and books and um everything you know especially this book here uh the uh, murderous passions delirious cinema of jesus franco volume one stephen thrower it's got the scene of her on the, and actually by the best sequence in that film is when she starts freaking out on the couch and you see all the sequences of her husband and her get married and the waves and her on the thing and that yeah. whole building of that scene is really, really good. And you're like, okay, this guy's a really good filmmaker. Oh, yeah. And like we were talking about how you were talking to your friend about, about Jess Franco and about who he is and what he does. And like, 
where yeah, some movies of his are really, really amazing, and other things it might be just a couple good scenes, or maybe a certain person, or a certain location, or something. But this is a film where you're just like, wow, this this guy really can make a good film. You oh know? yeah, complete. Yeah, and so except for the focus. Yeah, exactly. All the focus <laughs> stuff. I feel he's getting better at it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> But this is a film that I think appeals to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And like, I think a lot of younger women would, would like this film. And this is a film that fits a lot of genres. And, and it's and it's cool. You know, you could tell uh, Quentin Tarantino probably likes it, you know. Very well um, acted. Very well shot. The locations yeah. are gorgeous. So um, the colors, yeah. the colors that they uses. Yeah, no, it's yeah. beautiful. And it's his close-ups are so sensual. And then you have that cool building. I always forget when she's coming down the stairs. Yeah. So we should always talk about that cool fucking architecture, that black building with the staircase is a famous shot. And then that cool little bikini, metal bikini. Oh, that was dope. That, yeah. That was really husband. cool. That metal top that she was wearing. Yeah. It's a bizarre little kind of a metal uh, uh, bikini that goes around her neck and has like a bell in front. It's very bizarre. You can look at it on the internet. It's, it's cool. Just look up Soldad Miranda metal bra bikini. It's, it's badass from she killed in ecstasy say totem on ecstasy so good good job <laughs> but yeah so um hey it played in france october 16 1974 nice maybe right. you liked it because that's your middle name ecstasy jason ecstasy rudy hey that's 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 for me to know and you'd find no actually it's no like it's not dude yeah. uh cut no um, one thing that was cool I was looking through some of the stuff the alternative titles um, one I liked was the alternative shooting title of Dr. Jekyll and Miss Hyde I thought that was kind of yeah it was cool actually and, and then I thought oh that's kind of cheesy and I thought about it I'm like oh that's cool because he's Dr. Jekyll he was the the peaceful doctor and she is his Miss Hyde she's the one that did the killing like the the flip mm-hmm. side of the coin and stuff so that would that would be cool and stuff. Yeah. so yeah I was like that's a, that's a good idea so um, I'm going to write that so I'm going to write it first before you do. <laughs> Who's ever listening? Don't steal that idea. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, uh, to wrap up the review portion of this, um, I, I know you dig it. Yeah, I dig it a lot. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. really dig it a lot. It's definitely something I'll watch again. Cool. Yeah, I know. For sure. It's an easy watch and it's something cool to have background. It's got cool music, um, the Bruno Nicolai music, and then, of course, the um, Hubler and um, another guy, Siegfried is really good um yeah it's 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 of its time it's very cool really cool visuals and that um let's see um well let's do all the plugs here uh if you want to get a hold of us you can get a hold of us at uh, franco observer at yahoo.com uh we got a free a facebook page and a franco a facebook page no a <laughs> trying to see if i can merge franco and facebook somehow a frank's book page of um franco observer podcast at Facebook and we have a Instagram page, uh, Frank Observer Podcast at Instagram. Uh, let's see, subscribe to the podcast. Always subscriptions. Please, 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 please subscribe. Uh, we're not begging, we're telling you. Um, so yeah, uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate it, share it, tell your friends, tell your friends so Eric's stomach can shut the fuck it's up. Crazy, Eric's stomach. Okay, here's something you don't really say. I'm gonna kind of shoot on the pipe here. Eric's stomach like growls all the time and makes these weird noises. Dude, you're making me sound weird, dude. Yeah. No, like <laughs> no. <laughs> He's all shy about his stomach. No, it's just like all of a sudden, like yeah. my stomach starts. I've been ignoring it like the last four times just now, but yeah. Today it's weird. Yeah, it's making weird. like it's making like woo. It's yeah. like almost like sirens. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe it's the fucking full moon, or maybe. Oh uh, no, maybe it's the fruit I ate. Yeah. 
Uh, or yeah, well, I don't say that joke. <laughs> well, I'm a joke that's not PC that I won't say. No. Oh yeah, because this is a very PC show. <laughs> exactly. Maybe because you are fruit. Because you know PC people watch Franco films. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, we like to be you know educated and you know well thought of in that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um, with that aside, we want to thank you for listening. We're now in 26 countries. We actually just had new listeners in New Zealand, uh, Ireland, and Tunisia. So that's awesome. 26 countries. Uh, we were um, number 11 in Sweden for a short time last month. So that was awesome for film reviews. That's awesome. Uh, kicked ass. Um, of course, still doing really good in the United States, United Kingdom, Germany, Portugal, Spain, Canada, Austria, France, Australia, really good Norway, really good in Sweden, of course, and Argentina's doing really good as well. So we thank you for those. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, I don't know. Uh, let me just wrap up by saying uh, weather out here has been awesome. Uh, everybody's starting to get inoculated. Everybody's getting their shots. Looks like things are starting to peak up. Um I have some plans I'm going to start doing here in the near future, some filmmaking plans that I'll tell you about over the next span of the next few episodes. So stay tuned, but uh, say Desperate Visions will be seeing you again. So uh, with that, I'll be seeing you. Yeah, beautiful nights. <laughs> <laughs>